Well, you're going to find out, man, that, you know, I'm, I like to talk and, uh, which is That's weird good. because I never, I was always an introvert, man, growing up my whole life. And, uh, something happened around the age of 32, I guess, man, maybe it was when I was boxing profession, I got hit in the head and rattled something <laughs> loose. <laughs> Meet the pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is my esteemed co-host, Matt Mallory. Dun-dun-dun. Thanks for that awesome introduction, Clint. <laughs> so we have Dale Comstock, a very special guest. This episode is made possible with the generous support of Nikon, Shooter Technology Group, ASP, Lee Armory, Saber Red, and the Safer Faster Defense Responder 2.0. Thank you. I'll just kind of give you the Reader's Digest version of my background. Um, so... You know, I joined the Army. Actually, I, I kind of went down and talked to the recruiter when I was 17. And as soon as I turned 18, I went in um, to the U.S. Army. Now, my intent, initial goal was to go in as an Army Ranger. And they told me I had a slot until it was time to actually go to the Army. They're like, oh, sorry, uh, the slot's not available. But you can go to the 82nd Airborne Division and then just tell your Sergeant Major you want to go to Ranger School. And it's no problem. He'll just send you, you know, just like that, right? So anyways, that was a, that was a con job. Yep. Um, so I ended up in the 82nd Airborne Division. I was in the infantry. Uh, I was in the, in the LERP unit at the time um, that was reinstated by General Lindsay back in 1982-83. Um, and then after my first enlistment of four years, I was at a crossroad. I was married. And I uh, had a little girl, my, my oldest daughter, Danielle, at the time. And uh, I had to make a decision, do I want to stay in or do I want to get out? And uh, frankly, you know, you know, and I'm not knocking the 82nd Airborne Division, but I just didn't feel like it was really a challenge anymore. You know, yeah, carrying rucksacks, shooting guns, jumping out of airplanes was cool, but I just felt like on a professional level, I, I needed more, which is, you know, um, it's my character. So anyways... Um, what ended up happening was I remember I made a phone call to my mom. I said, mom, I said, I think I'm you know, getting out of the army. Um, would you mind putting my wife and I up in the house for a minute so I get on my feet? And <laughs> her answer was no, not no, but hell no. And so she kind of made a decision for me. So I said, all right, I guess I'm, I'll be recruiting now or reenlisting. And so I did. And, um, I decided if I'm going to reenlist that, uh, you know, I'm going to go for the gusto, which was try, uh, tryout for a Delta Force. So I, I just happened to get a letter at the same time from them to, uh, to apply to go through their evaluation process to see if I'm qualified, to go through their assessment selection process, to go to the operators training course to see if I could be a Delta Force operator. And, uh, but I did. So I went for it and uh, ultimately made it and was the, at the time, I was the youngest guy uh, ever to make it to the unit at the age of 23. So it worked out for me pretty good. Um, so I spent 10 years there. I went to the Special Forces Qualification course, became a Green Beret, light and heavy weapons expert, um, and ultimately ended up in the 3rd Special Forces group before I retired. And I was a team sergeant for ODA 394. And then uh, from there, you know, I left service. So, um, but then in, in there. So right after I got out, I, I, well, right as I got out, I had finished my master's degree in business and organizational security management. And I had started my own company. It was a virtual company. Hadn't gone anywhere yet. And then 9-11 happened and uh, the door swung wide open. I got into the nuclear security realm. And um, 
I provided pretty much security for at least 42 nuclear power plants in the United States. And uh, just to kind of put that in perspective, there are 64 nuclear power plants, or there was at that time, 64 uh, power plants or companies in the U.S. and 117 reactors. And I was servicing at least 42 of those. Hmm. Um, and I pretty much put my competition out of business. And uh, there's a long story behind that. But anyways, I did that. And in 2004, we sold that company, me and my partner, um, basically parted ways. The company was sold to G4S. And then um, um, I started another company called Risk Control Institute, which I sold in 2011 to another company called Intrepid. Um, So now backing up a little bit, in uh, 2002, 2003, I was recruited recruited by uh, OGA. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, I like this, just kind of call them the Office of Government Affairs. And I pretty much did the same thing that I had been doing in the military, um, making a little bit more money and dealing with a lot less, a uh, lot less Americans. So um, I did that for nine and a half years concurrently as I'm running my other business, Risk Control Institute. And then uh, in 2011, I made the choice um, based on an agreement I had with, uh, in fact, it was Intrepid. They said, listen, if you can help us secure a contract with an oil company, a particular one, um, we would buy your company and then, um, you know, you could run your vertical under us. So at the time it made sense for a lot of different reasons. Um, I did succeed at getting that contract for them and, uh, off to the races. So I put my resignation letter in for the good to the government. And then at the same time I got picked up by discovery channel. Um, wasn't trying to be as, um, an actor, a movie star, but it, basically somebody referred me, Um, I got a call from Discovery Channel and ended up on their TV show called One Man Army. And that pretty much um, opened the doors for me in Hollywood. I ended up on NBC, Stars and Stripes. Um, I've been on Fox. I've been on TV shows. I've been doing a lot of things as far as the entertainment sector is concerned. But um, I'm not an entertainer. Maybe I'm entertaining to look at. (laughs) But, uh, you know, my real passion is security. And so... Um, in 2013, I ended up going to Hong Kong and, uh, basically I was in charge or running a, or managing a, not managing, but running a protective detail for a, um, billionaire investment banker. And, um, I did that. And then that's when I met, um, my, my current, uh, my current wife. And we basically ended up moving to the Phil or Indonesia about five years ago, I guess. Now it's five and a half years, something like that. And, uh, Ended up going over there, and I really just went over there. I didn't have a, a purpose or anything, just other than to follow her around. And when I got there, I thought, well, heck, man, why don't I uh, start networking a little bit, make some friends here? And, and I did, through, as, through social media. And uh, one thing led to another. And so today, I have a security company that I own and run with my wife down in Bali, Indonesia, providing explosive detector dogs, patrol dogs for all the uh, Marriott Resort hotels and other um, tourist venues there. So pretty cool that I get to live in Bali. Um, you know, it's like the coolest place on the planet. Take it from a guy that's been to over 80 countries, lived there, worked there and visited. Um, Bali is by far is my favorite. Um, Hong Kong was my second favorite. Um, but that place is burning down now, but, uh, um, I'm enjoying life, you know? So I, I commute back and forth to the U S I have a, a home here in Panama city beach as well. I come back, uh, about every three to four weeks and spend about three or four weeks here uh, so that I can see my daughter, my 10 year old daughter. And then I go back to Bali and uh, see my family there and run the business. So that's kind of a, you know, kind of a, you know, a macro view of who I am, what I do. Um, I, uh, I do other things I do currently right now. I'm, I'm trained. 
like while, while I'm here in the States, I'll go train law enforcement officers. Um, I've got a nice. deal I got to go do next year or next month. Um, I'm writing five books currently. Um, I'm going to have those published within 12 months. Uh, that's my, that's my plan. Um, I'm getting at, very active in uh, public speaking roles. Um, I've got some businesses I'm developing with, uh, some, uh, some, some large companies out there. Um, I go on all day long. I'm still acting. I'm still doing stunt work. Um, you know, I'm kind of a jack of many trades and, uh, which is really nice because when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, damn, I'm out of money. What am I going to do today? Uh, I'll go run a firearms course or I'll go get an acting job or, you know, I'll do whatever. And, uh, so I have the skill sets that, uh, allows me to, uh, enjoy life, man, and be, you know, and be a sovereign man, pretty much, you know, so um, I'm living the dream. Yeah, Clint and I are both self-employed, so that's definitely something, we've talked about that with other guests in the past, that it's something that you really don't really aspire to go back to, though Clint does agree that having a paycheck, steady paycheck is a, would be a nice thing, but. Yeah, it would be, but, be. you know, then, then you get off of your ass, and you get motivated, and go to something, and you make a hell of a lot more money than you'd get for that little paycheck that you would collect yeah. at the end of the week yeah. that's right and you know and and anybody that thinks running a business or being self-employed is easy is they have no idea how hard it is because you know what running a business is a 24 7 endeavor man there's no days off even your weekends are working weekends your vacations are working vacations um it's a it's a lot of work um a lot of work and there's a lot of risk as well and, um, you know, it's easy to go to work from eight to five and, and have an employer. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking anybody that wants to do that. You know, um, there is some security in that, but, uh, ultimately you're at the mercy of your, your employer, you know, and uh, your life is kind of constrained by, you know, their policies and, you know, how many days vacation you get, you, you know, you're only going to make so much money with maybe a pay increase. Whereas being, um, an entrepreneur, you know, an individual business owner, sky's, um, the, sky's limit. the limit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Very true. And man, how cool is that? You can get up in the morning whenever you want, go to bed whenever you want, <laughs> do whatever you want, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, as long as you can manage everything, you know, so what? It's good times. So I, I saw on your, your website, you're a life coach. How does that yeah. work? You know, we have a tendency, especially in the NCO core, um, to, shortchange ourselves, right? And so what I've tried to do over the years is inspire guys. And it doesn't matter if you're an officer, an NCO, or enlisted guy or girl, I don't care, um, how to be better and show you that, uh, you know, you can be all that you can be and then some, you know, you just got to want to, just got to want it bad enough. So I, I do coaching sometimes for guys that are just interested in business, you know, and I, and I talk to them about, you know, how to negotiate the minefields in business, um, you know, how to do things a certain way and what not to do. I talk about, you know, all the issues with human resources, you know, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I try to help people grow. Um, and, and particularly, you know, guys that uh, are just getting out of the military going, well, what do I do now? Do I drive a roach coach or do I drive the taxi? Mm-hmm. Like, no, you don't do either one of those. You drive the company, man. You, you sit at the, you know, in the wheelhouse, man, you're commanding. That's what you're going to do. That's if you want to do that, you know? So that's what I try to motivate people to do. Um, that's what I do. Um, I'm living the dream, you know, and I'm not bragging, but I am living the dream have been for the last, uh, 18 years, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and it didn't, it's not because anybody handed me anything. Um, it's not because I was born with an education. In fact, uh, my father had 11th grade education. He spent 20 years in the army. My mom had ninth grade education. Nobody on either side of the family had a college degree. Um, I went out and got 
I did the hard work, man. I burned the midnight oil while I was in special forces, got my bachelor's degree, got my master's degree. I got my PhD later um, when I was working for OGA um, in combat, by the way, I earned my entire PhD while deployed downrange. Okay. So, you know, if I wasn't sleeping <coughs> in the gym or shooting bad guys, <laughs> and I was, I was, I was studying, right. And that's what you wow. got to do. If you want to move ahead in life, you want to be better. Um, you've got to, man, you've got to, you got to make the sacrifice. And did I sacrifice, um, any of my happiness? Hell no. I have done everything I wanted to do in life, everything. And then some, okay. And my biggest fear is I'm running out of shit to do. And then if I run out of things to do, I'm going to die. I'm like a shark, man. I got to keep moving. Right. Otherwise I, well, I'll suffocate. And so, um, I keep adding stuff into the bucket list because that's what keeps me moving forward. Right. And, uh, I'd, I'd be willing to bet folding money. You're not going to run out of anything to do. You'll always yeah. find the next challenge, the next thing yeah. to, to tackle. Yeah. Even if it means going back and redoing something else, you know, I don't want <laughs> to know, keep, you know, keep moving one, forward. <laughs> one of my friends, uh, he had said that he, he feels like he's reached the, the, the pinnacle of his career. And he, what he's doing now is he's going back and mentoring other people that are at the beginning of their career in the uh, firearms industry and uh, making contacts, introducing them to people, um, bringing them to events, stuff like that. And he brought me to a, a cigar social at the NRA's annual meeting. And because of that, he introduced me to somebody at Brown, Brownells who introduced me to somebody at Amelan. And that's how I got my George Zimmerman article published. So, there you go. You know, so that's, no, and, it's and his way to do it. Yeah. And here's another secret about business, right? Um, and these are things I talk about in my coaching. Um, business is not about what you know. It's about who you know and do they like and respect you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I've learned that a thousand times now. It doesn't matter if you don't know sh squat. As long as you're a good person and you, can, and you can appeal to them and they like you and they respect yeah. you and they trust you, you're going to get the business, right? And so, um, you know, that doesn't mean you can't go do things without skills, right? Because then you're a total fraud and you'll be discovered. But uh, um, I have I have signed up for positions or jobs that I really didn't know, but I said I can do it. And they liked me and, and, and they gave me an opportunity. And I went out on my own, self-taught, learned how to do it and did it well. Um, you know, that's the kind of drive and initiative that you have to take. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, <clears throat> nobody's going to give you anything. You're going to have to work for it. You have to earn it, man. And uh you know, and, and you, you, life's about choices, man. It's, it's a series of compromises, you know, you can do this or you can do that, you know, and you have to live with the consequences. Um, I'm a firm believer in self-actualization that, uh, we create our own destiny, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, if you, if you're a negative person, you're always thinking, Oh my God, you know, chicken little sky is falling. Um, you know, it's everybody else's fault. Well, guess what? You're always going to go nowhere. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's about keeping up. Uh, you know, a positive mindset. And one of the things I teach too, by the way, in my seminars and coaching seminars is, you know, there's a lot of guys out there, these motivational coaches, um, you know, they'll tell you things like, come on, man, keep, you know, positive mindset, visualize, you know, never quit. It's like, what the hell does all that mean though? Right. Those are, you know, okay. I mean, my, my kids can tell me that, come on, dad, you can do it. Don't quit. You know, but uh, what does it actually mean? I actually go into the science of it. I go into the neuroscience of what, what does it mean to visualize? What does it mean to not quit? What's going on? You know, when we talk about the psychosoma, the, the mind and the body, uh, when we talk about spirit, I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost, okay? I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about the etheric. I'm talking about energy. I'm talking about kinetic molecular theory. So I get into a whole different space. It just blows people's minds. But once they understand what I'm teaching, their life starts turning around. Like, whoa, 
you know, they break those paradigms, you know, they, that enculturation that man, that, you know, we all go through growing up, we, we listen to all the, the tribal lies, so to speak, you know, everybody gives us advice, it's all bullshit, and we don't realize it sometimes until it's too late, and sometimes, you know, it's, it, we learn early on in life, but, uh, you know, we tend to just kind of like go along with the flow, like the lemmings, like we talked about earlier, you know, uh, and then, you know, before you know, we're like, damn, I missed out because I never challenged that paradigm, you know, and so, you know, those are the types of things I go into, and that's what I try to, you know, impart that's on awesome. people. I try to help them to, you know, break those chains, man, because, you know, otherwise you're just going to – I'll shut up here in just a second. The last thing I want to say is 76% of all people interviewed that were in their, you know, twilight years, um, the biggest regret they have was that they never self-actualized, that they never did the things they wanted to do. You know, they never mm -hmm. went skydiving. They always thought about it and they just never got around to, you know, or something got in the way, you know, their job got in the way, the wife got in the way, the husband got in the way, the kids got in the way, something got in the way, right? And so they never got to experience all the things they wanted to do. 100% of the people that were in their deathbed in their, in their final hours that were interviewed, okay? Now, apparently they're, they're still doing interviews like that. 100% um, said um, the same thing. They regret that they never became the person they wanted to be. They experienced all the things they wanted to experience. Um, you know, we all, we all achieve some things in our life. We, you know, we all, you know, enjoy some things in our life. We feel we all have success in our life. But, um, you know, ask yourself at the end of the day, what is it you really would like to do that you just think is just way outside your grasp? And then, and then ask yourself, why is it outside your grasp, right? And, uh, you know, it, it almost becomes like uh, it's a self-defeating prophecy when you feel like you can't do something. Um, you limit yourself, right? So the point to all that is at the end of the day, man, you know what? You got to go for the gusto, um, you know, and you got to go for it now. Some of the, There's a couple of motivational coaches out there, and, you know, they'll say, well, how do you, you know, if you want to get good at something, then do one thing at a time. And uh, I'm like, nah, aren't wrong. And the reason they say that is because uh, they only did one thing good, you know, and like, for example, you'll get a guy that was nobody and then all of a sudden became great in real estate and made a lot of money or he's a banker, you know, and he was down and out and then now he's got a lot of money. Well, okay. I call those linear success stories, right? They're one trick ponies. Um, well, you know, you, if you do one thing at a time throughout your life and you wait till you perfect one thing before you do another one, well, you get, you'll reach old age and you'll never achieve all the things you wanted to do. You'll mm -hmm. miss out on a lot of stuff, right? So the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? You know, the, the answer is always one bite at a time. If you ask me how to eat an elephant, I say, nah, eat a bunch of elephants one bite at a time, right? So you got to multitask and you got to do a lot of different things at once. You got to, you know, you have to be organized and, um, you know, you have to be smart about your approach. And that's how you achieve all that you want to achieve. People ask me all the time, Comstock, how the hell did you do all those things? My resume, my bios is over three pages long. Um, and, and at first, I didn't know how to answer. I was like, I didn't know I was doing that much. You know, I, I thought I was just keeping up with the Joneses, right? And then I started looking at it. I was like, I guess I, I, guess I did do a lot of stuff, you know? <laughs> and I started looking back thinking, well, um, what did I do to do all those things, you know? And then I realized I, I didn't do anything but work hard, focus, you know, task organized, um, you know, and basically, you know, work smarter, not necessarily harder all the time. And, uh, and I didn't give up anything. I, I'm, I've been happy. I've enjoyed everything. I've done everything I wanted to do. Um, my only failure, my only real failure, and I, and I say this openly, I always joke about it from my seminars, you know, uh, the only thing I suck at is being a husband. <laughs> so, and uh, it's not because I'm a bad guy. It's just that I'm never around. And I'm never around because I'm always doing, you know, all this other stuff, you know, that I'm, I'm enjoying life. Hey, are you like me and thought, 
Why don't we ever have a big rally on the Capitol lawn? Well, you're in luck. You haven't heard the news yet. On November 2nd, on the west lawn of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C., we are going to be gathering. I'm Tim with the Military Arms Channel. And hey, guys, it's Beth Alcazar with USCCA and Concealed Carry Magazine. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Kevin Dixie, better known as KD, with no other choice firearms training. Everybody, it's Randy Mian, Executive Director of Liberal Gun Owners. What's up, everybody? It's Argo J. Anthony here, Gun for Hire, Gun for Hire Radio. Matt Mallory with Public Safety and Education, a.k.a. PSNet. Hey, it's Riley Bowman from ConcealedCarry.com. It's Clint Macro, founder of the Trigger Pressers Union. Hey, guys, Edgar here, Guns for Everyone. November 2nd, Second Amendment Rally, Washington, D.C. This is Rolo, or as some of you may know me, the Puerto Rican Pistolero. Hello, everybody. This is Rob Beckman, American Defense Training, the Firearms Trainer Podcast. Cheryl Todd here from Gun Freedom Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike with Budget Guns and Gear Reviews and the Right of the People podcast. Hi everyone, this is Carrie from Stilettos and Shotguns and We the Females. Derek Poole here, Echo 5 Training in Southwest Florida. Hey, it's Marcus Weldon, author of The Santa Claus Shooter. Derek Kendrick with Barco Training. Ted Nugent here, constantly, nonstop, fighting for and celebrating the sacred Second Amendment. Exclusionaries, secondamendmentrally.com. You need to go there, you need to register. November the 2nd, you need to be there. My name is Maj Toure, obviously, for Black Guns Matter. Hey, Cam Edwards here, editor, bearingarms.com. Hey, everyone, it's John Patton from The Gun Collective. Hi, everybody, my name is Chris Chang. I'm History Channel's Top Shot, Season 4 champion. Hey, guys, what's going on? Todd Fossey here from IDS. Hey, Mark Walters, host of Armed American Radio. And Hi, I'm Reverend Ken Blanchard, also known as the Black Man with a Gun. All the fuds and yes-men within the NRA would have you believe that we don't do rallies. But I'm here to tell you, that's bullcrap. Guys, I want to let you know about a rally that's taking place November 2nd. On the Capitol lawn at 1 p.m. Join us, we the people, on the steps of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, November 2nd, from 1 to 4 p.m. for a Second Amendment rally. Um, please, we, we need to be there. You know, I, I love the wide open spaces much more than I love inside the Beltway politics, but... I love the right to keep and bear arms even more. My hometown of San Francisco, California. My legislators back there are trying to restrict our Second Amendment rights. And we need to send a loud and clear message to all local and state governments, as well as the federal government, that our Second Amendment rights are here to stay. You're it. You're the one responsible for your freedom. You're the one responsible to take that back. We cannot expect anyone else to do it anymore. We have to do it ourselves. Get signed up today. Make your travel plans. Go to secondamendmentrally.com. Be there. I will be looking for you. secondamendmentrally.com. Get signed up and just make sure you show up. Law-abiding gun owners from across the country are converging on Washington, D.C., November 2nd to let their voices be heard and say enough is All right, so don't meet me there. Beat me there. Peace. Stay safe and stay the course. See you in D.C. Now, back to Meet the Pressers. Some smart man told me one time when I was a kid that if you aspire to be better, find somebody that's at the point where you think that you want to be and then ask them how they got there. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with people that are successful. Learn from them, you know, um, kind of like osmosis. And that doesn't mean you neglect everybody else, you know, um, you know, but uh, if you want to learn, you want to grow. You know, I was lucky because, you know, fortunately, I've gotten, you know, had the opportunity to work for very wealthy, very uh, successful people, businessmen, billionaires, millionaires. Um, so by being around them, you know, 
I got to eavesdrop on a lot of their conversations, kind of got an idea about their perspective and, and their business uh, approach and methodology. So I've learned a lot of things, the good and the bad. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, coming from a, a music background, I always would want to be the worst musician in the band. That way I could only grow and get better and better and better with uh, being around the other people in the band. That's right. So, kind of the same concept. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot going on. You got books. How many books have you already written? Well, I technically I've written three. So I wrote American Badass, which is the one that most people know of. And uh, I wrote another one. I published it and then I took it off of Amazon. Um, I'm probably going to republish it with a different uh, title. But uh, uh, there's a long story behind that, why I took it down. It has to do with ex-wife. Um, <laughs> and then I, I wrote, I published the uh, third uh, Special Forces Group Combatives Manual, which, as I understand it, became the... Uh, base document for the army-wide uh, hand-to-hand program. So those are the three that I've written. I have actually five more in the works right now. Um, you know, I'm kind of writing several at, at the same time. It's, you know, kind of, it's not, not difficult, but, um, you know, it's, what it does is it allows me to take a break from one book so I can kind of refresh my mind on something else before I come back to it. So, um, but my goal is to write them all. I'll have all five finished and published in less than 12 months. So how do you manage your workflow in that? Like I, we both write articles too. I, I have a, several articles published and, and sometimes I will sit down purposefully to work on this article and I'll just like have a cup of coffee and do it. Or there'll be other times where I'll have an epiphany in the middle of the night. It's like, oh, that's going in this article. Is it yeah. kind of a mixture of that? Or yeah. how do you deal with all the, because writing three different books at the same time has to be difficult to manage. Sometimes, you know, I'll have that epiphany. And uh, I'll start writing down notes. Um, it could be anywhere, anytime. You know, I'll write. If, you know, I'll write in my phone real quick. I put the notes in there. You know, and uh, so I remember it. But um, you know, and then of course, like you know, most writers, I, you know, I create an outline, and uh, I keep building on that outline, and then uh, adding content to that until uh, you know I have the story. So the good news is all my all my writings are based on my experiences, like real really happened to me, you know, or I've been involved in. So it actually makes it easy. All I'm doing is just writing out my, uh, my memories. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're right. Right about what you know, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember working out one day thinking, man, if a dude walks in the gym right now and he started blasting, can I get my gun out fast enough, fast enough, you know, and re-engage him. And, uh, so I was thinking it all the way through and I go, what would be better, right? Is there a better way to do this? So I'm bench pressing like 500 pounds. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe like 50 pounds, right? Uh, I started thinking about it. I was like, hey, you know, how about a backpack that's got a concealed carry holster built to the side? Um, you can just jam your hand in a side pocket and, and draw your weapon. And I said, let's, and let's add, you know, let's add Kevlar to it, right? And make it bulletproof. So now you've got basically a shield and a gun, right? And the more I thought about it, you know, you know, this, I started getting really, you know, excited about it. And I went home that day. And called uh, um, actually fightfast.com, told them what I wanted to do, and uh, they took the lead on um, getting the product or the materials and everything, and, and helping to us assemble it and market it. So it's been out now for about uh, I guess three years, nice. and I'm actually <clears throat> coming out with a second version. Um, I won't I won't say what it is right now, but uh, it's it's, a, it's an enhanced improvement, uh, enhanced uh, situ- um, backpack that uh, will stop up to rifle am- uh, rifle bullets front and back. Hey everybody, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. You're watching Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. So sit back, kick up your feet and enjoy and exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. Meet the Pressers. Look, take it from a guy. I fought in every campaign from Grenada in 1983 to the current conflicts overseas right now to include Yemen. 
I have seen what happens when you get a company or uh, government that's overreaching, okay? And they just keep chipping and chipping and chipping away. And before you know it, you're in Iraq. So you can see I get really passionate about this. No, man. You, got me, you got me fired up. No, that's, uh, that, that's what this is about, right? To uh, I mean, meet the pressers. We're all, we're all shooters and politics is part of it because we want to try to change the way that the country is going. And one of the ways is from a soapbox and that's part of the show is on the yeah. soapbox, you know, and ho- right. hopefully it doesn't come to a, another revolution, but unfortunately it, it just time tells, especially with this current, these current, uh, these current, dolts up on the stage talking about banning our guns and taking guns away and we've got to do something they're going to use guns to take our guns okay that's that's the irony of it all right (laughs) so so how's that work right i think the next election 2020 uh will say it all man Uh, i agree i agree i think if it goes the if it goes the way of uh you know not to say parties but if it goes the way the the liberal democrats and and down that road then it's definitely uh it's definitely going to be rough, a rough. That'll coming. be, that'll be the fuse that lights the powder keg, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and if Trump wins, if Trump wins, I think it'll be even worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think on the other side, yeah, I think it'll blow really fast and hard, you know, because yeah. these, these people came on the hinge on the last election. Just think what they will do if they, if they go, Oh my God, four more years of Trump, because the, the implications are, you know, everybody knows the implications, uh, more Supreme court justices, um, He's going to point those that are, you know, leaning to the right. Um, there's a lot of things that are going to change, and uh, and that ain't going to make the left happy, you know. And they've already they've already demonstrated that they are willing to be more violent um, than than the right, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at I mean, they've already demonstrated their their violent tendencies, you know. Yep. And um, so, what what would not keep them from uh, you know ramping it up next time around? We have a lot of sponsors that made this show possible. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is made possible with the generous support of Nikon, Shooter Technology Group, ASP, Lee Armory, Sabre Red, and the Safer Faster Defense Responder 2.0. Thank you. Anyways, it's been great, man. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, again, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Yes, definitely. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. But stay Have a good safe. day. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share, and click that little bell to make sure you know when our next show is uploaded. And until next time, you're watching Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers.